Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Top Rank Podcast. Today, we have a fabulous guest with us. We have Bella Maria Finucci with us. Bella is originally from Brazil. She has lived all over the world. She has worked in finance as well as a whole bunch of other businesses. And so we're going to talk to her today about literally her entire life. So, Bella, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Ronnie? It's nice to be here. Thank you so much for this. Um, it's great to talk to an old friend, you know? I'm doing great, Bella. Thanks so much. Yeah, no, it's true. We are old friends. Bella and I have known each other, and uh, I'm looking at the calendar right now. Almost uh, 20 years we've known each other now, which is yeah. Let's, absolutely- let's forget about the time. You know, I still feel like I'm 18. <laughs> <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, we're all 18 still. Nothing has changed. Exactly. <laughs> Just with a lot of experience, right? 18-year-olds with uh, 10-plus experience. Sure, let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the, the way I see it is that, you know, look, I, I, look, I remember growing up and like, I would see adults and I have yet to feel like I'm actually an adult. I, I'm still kind of exactly. like, you know, running around like I'm a kid and just, you know, having as much fun as I can at all times. But um, so I, let's talk about you though, for a little bit, because, you know, I kind of hinted at it, but you, you know, as long as I've known you, you've been trying to start companies and working in different businesses. Have you always been this entrepreneurial your entire life? I've always tried different things. I've always been doing lots of different things. And I think it has to do a little bit with my background. Um, I don't like to do one thing or the other. I just like to do lots of different things, I guess. It's just I'm half Swedish, half Brazilian, raised in the U.S. So this is my normality, you know, trying hundreds of different things and finding it normal. So let me ask you, though, because, you know, sometimes when, you know, you're a kid, it's like you picture yourself like I've got a dream job. This is where I want to be. And for me, it's like, you know, when I was six years old, nothing seemed better than running my own pizza shop. And like that was my absolute dream. But I mean, for you, like when you were young, I mean, where did you see yourself? Like, what did you picture your life as? I guess it depended on the day, just like it is today. You know, I'm still a kid at heart, so I'm still dreaming. I'm still doing different things. And the sky's the limit always. Right. I love that. That's fantastic. So now, now you said you were born in Brazil and then you, you moved to Sweden from there, right? Yeah, I moved to Sweden for a year and then back to Brazil. And then I moved to Miami when I was around eight years old. So what prompted all these moves? So um, my dad, he was um, a president of like a Swedish company, basically. So it made a move around a lot. And then we ended up in Miami because of that. So. Got it. And then did you spend the rest of your childhood in Miami from that point forward? Yeah. And then Boston and college. So yeah. And Boston was a lot of fun. That was a, yeah. those were some good years right there. And then now Boston, if, you, if I, I hope I'm not getting this wrong, but you did study business at BU. And then, and then from there, so what was your first job out of college? Because, you know, you hear business school and everything, and it sounds very glamorous once you, uh, once you kind of get out of there. Well, my, my first job, I actually graduated just in January. So I started working in March at uh, Lehman Brothers, believe it or not. I heard they did well. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually moved out of the company just before the crisis. So I I think I have like a knack for feeling crises. Well, (laughs) so that's So I I guess that's the question then. So literally like you leave Lehman Brothers in like 2008 or so, like mid 2008? No, I actually left in 2006 and went to live in Paris. Yeah. Okay, so now what prompts the move to Paris? Because these are, these are some huge moves here. Does that work or why did you go? Well, I was around 24 at the time and I said, I've always wanted to live there. And I said, if I don't do it now, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. So I did it. And I mean, I think I've always been a carpe diem type of person, live life to the fullest, do what you want when you want and just go for it. And 
that's what I've been doing my whole life. And I'm still young at heart because I keep doing it. So that's fabulous. So how long were, did you end up in Paris for? I was there for about two and a half years. And then I landed in Brazil. <laughs> so, okay. So now were you, were you still working in finance then when you were in Paris? I was, but I was a consultant and I was uh, um, for the financial industry and help them with the complex financial products. Got it. So now let me ask the question. So if I'm watching the show Billions, is that basically what your life was like? You know, just walking around like a total millionaire. Oh like yeah, absolutely. Rich I mean, Carter, your own helicopter life. and everything. <laughs> uh, I mean, I want to make sure because I assume everything on TV is an accurate portrayal of everything. So I, I assume that's that's the life, correct? Well, it's definitely for some, but not for all. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is there's an upside and a downside. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's the people who are behind the scenes and then the people who actually do the work. And I guess I was one of the, you know, working bees. <laughs> Got it. All right. So now if, if I'm doing my math correctly, so were you in Paris then when the market crashed in 2008 or were you back to Brazil then? Um, I was back in Brazil. I actually left in August just before the crash. And um, I was there when there was like a pre-crash move um, with the whole... Um, because I was working at Société Générale at the time, which is one of the banks that had, um, basically they were doing a lot of risky business. And when you're in, um, and when you're in uh, the financial industry, like there's a bunch of protocols that you have to pass through so that the trade gets done or doesn't get done in terms of risk. So it's kind of like a control factor so that you don't mess up kind of like Chernobyl if you know what that is like yeah. a bunch of alarms basically and they were going past those alarms and then when the alarm um, went off basically that this is the best way that I can explain it um, everything shut down and um, they couldn't trade anymore and then the value started falling and that's one of the events that happened pre-recession which was in um, 2008 yeah so like about so did you uh, see the recession coming? Like, were, did you know that this was like, we were standing at like the brink at that point? I, I kind of felt it. I mean, from, from what was going on and everything and how um, these trades started affecting like my job and how people started reacting then. But um, that wasn't one of the reasons why I left. I, I left for personal reasons, but you know, it was like, literally just before it happened so that's why i say i have a knack for the crisis you know i mean i mean clearly you're just you know skating out of everything before it collapses it's, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of like i don't want to you know stand behind you at any given moment it's like once you've moved that's when the bullet hits um uh, exactly exactly that, that's that's kind of how it is so you gotta watch out wherever i go is where everyone needs to go <laughs> yeah clearly so then you go back to brazil and now that you're back in brazil are you at this point now still working in finance or you you're out of finance now you completely escaped the crash and it doesn't affect no, you? I did. I actually um, completely left finance and I started an import export business. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Now, so now we get into the whole, you know, entrepreneurial thing again, which is, you know, I know a lot of folks who are saying, Oh yeah, I want to start this business. I'm going to start this. So, you know, when I have time, when I have time for this one, I'm trying to, and you know, they invariably never get around to it. So how do you go about actually starting an import export business? Cause that doesn't, well, I think like that a lot of people say that they want to do something and, um, it doesn't come out that easily because in order to do something, it's not like a decision that you make in one day. It's a decision that you make and you just keep, it's kind of like you're punching knives 
with anything that you do and any business that you do and you have to believe in it and you have to do it and there's a bunch of steps and a bunch of licenses and a bunch of time so a lot of time does go by and it feels like you're not doing a lot of stuff but within all that time that you're waiting you know you still have to keep this thought going so even at the first moment that you have an idea and then all the way to follow through is a lot of time for it to even begin a business. So I think that's why a lot of people are entrepreneurial and then a lot of people end up not doing a lot of stuff or people take a really long time to do something. Yeah, I mean, generally the, uh, what we call it, the barrier to entry, uh, e even the smallest of barriers can be a lot of for, for folks, you know, once they realize that there's, you know, any sort of challenge whatsoever, you know, it, it can be almost paralyzing to people. And, you know, yeah. one thing, that I think folks should realize, especially in today's day and age, is that if you want to do something, you kind of do just have to go out and do it. Otherwise, it is not yeah. going to happen whatsoever. So now you're back in Brazil. You're running an import-export company, which is fantastic. And so how long are you in Brazil now? So this is 2008. And so this is 2008, and I stayed there and, you know, did the import-export business, um, opened up a um, a store as well to sell a lot of the stuff that we were importing and um and then uh, now, I assume this was legal stuff, right? I mean, we're not uh, going uh, on the illicit <laughs> side. I, 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 I mostly, assume mostly it depends on how you look at it. No, I'm just kidding. You said I'm little kidding. teddy bears that when you put them in water dissolved into cocaine. I mean, that, that's no, 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 nothing, nothing of the sorts, <laughs> nothing of the sorts. It was pretty much like, it, it always has to do with, I guess, the passions that I've always had. So it had to do with like houseware and things for the house and kitchenware. And, you know, like those interesting tools that you use to make cooking or your life easier. So it was like those kinds of things, which I love to cook. And um, I don't know if you've been watching my live cast, but, you know, I have been um, trying to share that passion with everyone. So I guess, like I said, maybe this business or whatever it is that I'm doing now started all the way back then. Who knows, right? Well, if you look at it on the very surface, it's like a lot of bouncing around of, okay, finance and this, then this, and then this. But there is a direct through line over here of, it seems like where you're continuing to follow your passions more and more and more as you, as you go down your career path and your life path, which is, you know, fantastic. So you're doing the import-export. How long do you do that for? I did that for a couple of years. I can't remember exactly how many years. But then you, you move back to the States after that, right? Yes. And then I moved back to the States, actually back to finance because I had someone call me to become a partner of their company. So what kind of company was this? So this was basically um, financial uh, advising. Okay. Got it. So, so for financial advising, now this is, you know, talking to folks about their investments that they have this high net worth individuals or these like, you know, I have a hundred dollars that I want to invest, you know, what, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> well, usually you have to have a little bit of money in order for you to start investing. So I've got like I would dollars. What can I do? With how much? I got about $8. What can I do? Here? Oh, $8. You know, there's always something everywhere. There's, um, there's, there's one of those apps that you can always get. I think there's, there's like a new one that's called Leaf or something. I can't uh -huh. remember, but um, you can always invest, right? No matter yeah, what. I'm down. <laughs> I, I want to see the, that $8 turn into $9. That, that would be amazing. Well, I'm sure that if you buy something now in like about two or three years, it's going to like quadruple since right now it's pretty much crashed a lot. Like most of the stuff has really gone down in price. So right now, if you have money, well, it's the time is, to Is there something it. happening? Why, why would that be? Well, because of the whole pandemic that's <laughs> yeah. going on, you know, the, wow. that kind of lower the prices a bit. 
Stop. Yeah, no, I've 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 been watching uh, you know every, every stock that I know and all of my friends in their portfolios just uh, you know doing their best impression of the Titanic right now and uh, yeah. It's it's not pretty. See, this is the time that you just start cooking and start laughing and forget about your finances for a while because that money hopefully was not money that you were relying on. That's the whole point of investments. It's like money that you leave on the side for it to grow on its own. And moments like this, just don't touch, just leave it. And it'll bounce back up just like it bounced down. It may take a little bit of time, but it will bounce back. Well, that's that whole thing where the stock market itself, it's always cyclical and it's always moving up. And I, I guess that, you know, it's one lesson that I think we can look at today is that when, when that market crash happened back in 2008, we were in, you know, a somewhat similar, you know, mood as a nation and a world of how are we ever going to get out of this? You know, is this the end over here? And we were able to move out of that. And I'm hoping that, you know, we're in a similar state right now where we're going to be able to get out of this too. Well, I think the world has always gone through um, lots of different revolutions, I guess. I mean, the Industrial Revolution, I'm sure a lot of people were, a lot of businesses broke back then. Um, in After World War One, a lot of businesses broke. New ones came out after World War Two, And, you know, here we are again. I mean, this is a new pandemic. The world, as we know it, has ended, but it means that we just have to live a different way and, and adapt just like the world has always been happening, right? No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's funny. Um, you talk about adaptation. There's a, a great story I was listening to recently about uh, the birth of the automobile and the birth, actually specifically the tractor, just the general combustion engine. And it was an interesting story where they were talking about there was a group of folks who were, they were supporters of horses. And uh, the feeling was that uh, tractors would uh, put all horses out of work uh, in the farming industry. And yeah. so they they literally lobbied heavily against tractors just to keep horses in power. And uh, they set up a whole uh, contest of tractors versus horses. And uh, I, I don't want to ruin the surprise, but um, a lot of farms aren't running with horses anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> so now you were in Miami for a couple more years. You were doing finance. And then you made another big change. And you and the family all moved out to Salt Lake. Now, how, how's that? Because Salt Lake now is yet another big turnover here. So how did that uh, come about? I guess it goes back to like what you said before. I think you could have said, you, I just thought of this because of the words that I'm using your words, okay. that maybe I've just been like driving towards my passions. Like when I graduated college, you know, I just wanted to be successful and I wanted to do something that is successful and, you know, went straight into finance, went straight in the financial industry, which is like seen as a really great um, career and all that. And now like with my family, I think that what's most important to me right now and um, thank God for that is, you know, to have a successful family life and to be happy and to make sure that um, I'm appreciating everything that I have right now, because we only have one life to live. And I've been kidding around with a lot of people. It's almost like I kind of felt what's going on now was going to happen. And I actually just posted a video that I did last year that I've been like completely promoting everyone and really trying to get them outdoors to appreciate nature. And I've been doing this for like a year ever since I got here because, you know, I decided to make this change in my life and really focus on that. And um, I think that's why I guess I'm obviously not okay. I don't think anyone is with what's going on, but I think 
I'm a little bit better off than most because of all of my crazy hobbies and the fact that I've been appreciating every little tiny thing that um, I have in my life, like my family or my hobbies or going outside. Or I mean, last year I focused 100% on like hiking almost every single day, skiing almost every single day. Yeah, so, you, you can tell because I look, I, I, I see your Instagram feed and your Instagram feed is, you know, you and your husband and your kids, and you guys are constantly hiking. You are constantly skiing. I assume that nobody goes to school or works or anything. All, all <laughs> you guys are doing. Like the, the, I just, instead of getting a babysitter, I just like drop the kids at school and then I would go skiing with him. You know, like that was the idea. <laughs> yeah, I, that, that life does not commute, compute for me. I, I like, you know, I, I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm working all day long and, you know, Lauren's running around, you know, after she drops the kids off, then she's got errands that she has to do. I'm talking about life when it's normal, you know, the, just, you know, six weeks ago. But, you know, she's running around all day. So I, I have so much respect and, and so impressed that you're able to fit in that much activity and that much fun and that much leisure into your life. I mean, it's truly an amazing thing. And is that? Yeah, really I think the pandemic came just to say, Bella, chill, take some time, <laughs> you know, sit down on the couch, stay inside for a bit. It's time to rest. Because Has your family been telling you to chill out lately also, or is it just the yeah. pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> Calm like, down. It's the only thing that was going to stop because every day, like my kids were like, skiing again really why why are we gonna go skiing or why are we gonna go hiking and i'm like you guys have no idea how lucky you are and you yeah, know seriously what? like now oh, they learn now they if, learn <laughs> if if i get to go like snowboarding you know three times in a season that's amazing like yeah. like they got to go every day that's incredible that's absolutely incredible my childhood wasn't like that like you know i didn't have those opportunities but that's I didn't either. That's what I was searching for. And I went for it and I was like, you know, because my husband looked at me, he's like, you know, that would be really awesome to go skiing every day. And then we came across Salt Lake. I don't even know how exactly, but I was like, what? Because I was thinking of going to Denver, but I was like two hours drive, you know, when is that really going to happen? I mean, for what? sure for us, it was going to happen because when we were in Miami, I mean, we were annual pass holders. We would go to Disney like at least two to three times a month and they were like fed up with it too so it's like <laughs> at least we did everything before the pandemic so it's like i think i had it in my heart that it was coming for some reason oh i think that it's just fun that you know you know when your kids are you know much older and uh, they've decided to go to therapy the worst thing they'll say about their childhood is that they had fun constantly you know exactly. we were constantly at disney and skiing and hiking my god it was horrible like i mean <laughs> Exactly. My mom was a horrible mom. She made us go skiing. Kind of like that. <laughs> How dare she make us live this luxury lifestyle? That was horrible. <laughs> but I, I feel like also like you guys have really fit into that whole lifestyle of, you know, Salt Lake and Utah in general, which, you know, because, you know, Lauren and I looked at living there uh, for a brief period. And it, I, I literally, I've never felt healthier in my life than just going out there because you talk to everybody and, you know, That's it seems true. that all, all they're doing is, you know, going out for jogs or they're, you know, snowshoeing or they're skiing or, and, and then somehow they're all millionaires. And it's kind of like an amazing place like that. Yeah, it is. It's true. But you know what? It doesn't take a cent to go hiking, if you think about it. And I, and I think everybody discovered it now, finally, at um, this whole pandemic, because I mean, like the only thing that that I the going 
I guess into the videos that I have been doing, it's like you saw my feed. Um, I've been outdoors like almost every single day. And as soon as they hit like the quarantine button, like I just huddled up my family and said, okay, this is the time to play all those games. This is the time to play with all those toys. This is the time to stay indoors. And, you know, um, you guys were complaining of going outside anyway. So we've been really, really having like indoor quality time. And it's a little bit upsetting because like, I mean, I'm not made of iron. I'm not perfect either. I do need the outdoors once in a while. I don't post about it because I don't want to encourage people to go outside when we're in the middle of a quarantine. But what is upsetting is like we drove around and it's the places are packed with people, you know? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's packed with people like in the park. We went yesterday. We went to because there's um in springtime, um, the cherry blossoms are beautiful. And around Capitol Hill, there's like a whole entire um, uh, a, there's a whole entire pavement uh, with uh, cherry blossoms all around. And it's beautiful. And I was like, I saw it last year. And actually, I talked to some people that have lived here for like 30 years and didn't even know about it. But I was like, I just want to check it out in the car. You know, I want to see yeah. it from the car. And I mean, people were doing picnics, people were outside. And I mean, I've asked, I'm like, what's going on? Like, what aren't people supposed to be like indoors? Like, I don't understand. Like, why didn't you people do this last year? Last year, there was nobody there, Rami. I was there. You well, know? you know what it is? It's, it's when you tell somebody that they can't do something, that's yeah. what that that's what they want to do. That's all they want to do. Yeah, it's like going on a diet and saying you can't have sugar. And then all of a sudden you're like, sugar, 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 you know? <laughs> but <laughs> hey, I've never told myself no sugar. Now, right? <laughs> at least they're appreciating it now, which is like the message that I've been trying to get people to go outside and appreciate all this. And I mean, I always find positivity and something you know in 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 worst scenarios which is basically okay right now we're facing this horrible thing and at least now people are appreciating you know the outdoors a little well, bit more I, I think you have to find that appreciation and that positivity otherwise you, you know literally all you will do is just drown in despair and you can't do that i like yes or cakes well <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, yes, are, are things terrible out there right now? They absolutely are. Is this going to be over at some point? Yes, it will. This will absolutely end. You know, it depends on us as a community, you know, practicing social distancing and practicing this type of lifestyle for an indeterminate, but yes, it is a exactly. set period of time so that that way we can beat this virus and, you know, come out on the other end. Now, the next thing I have to talk about is washing your hands because one of your yet another entrepreneurial things has been making uh, beer soap, which yes. I got to know, how did that come about? Because it, like, first of all, I had never heard of beer soap at all. And then I was handed beer soap as a gift about a week <laughs> before everything shut down. And then you showed me not just that you were making beer soap, but truly like artisanal beer soap. I mean, it, these are pieces of art, these things. Like I, it would almost hurt to wash my hands with them and make it dwindle away. I'd, I'd need one on the wall. Yeah, it, it's true. And that's why I started doing it. Um, I don't know. I started doing it as a hobby and it was, I actually started doing it as melting pour. And then, I mean, nowadays we have so much information that I, I just started seeing like all these different types of soap that people make. And I just got infatuated by it and I had to try it. I, like were you inspired by I, the soap making and fight club was that something that inspired no, you no no 
Okay. I think we had already talked to me about that. And I actually completely forgot that they even made soap. So it would be a cooler story if it was like what inspired me, but definitely it was. Uh, it was two hours of Ed Norton beating people up and then like, you know, eight minutes of them stealing fat from a liposuction, uh, you know, center. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the Simpsons where like uh, Homer no. Simpson and Bart, like they start stealing the, the oil from all the schools, like the grease to make yes, soap? Yes, I did see that one. Yes, yeah. that's fantastic. Oh. Yeah, that, that's actually that's the one that inspired me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so what you're saying Homer, is you've been robbing, Homer Simpson been robbing schools me. lately. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, please give me some, give me some uh, oils and stuff. Perfect. You know, so yeah, so I've been doing it, and everything that I do, like even um, when I had my import export company in Brazil, like I also had, I also started having like a bakery within the store that I had as well, mm -hmm. and um, I even ventured into that too, and. I guess I'm one of those people that just likes to research, is extremely curious and really wants to try like really hard things. But everything you do like does take time. Even like soap making, the first soap that I made, it took me like one year of research and like, you know, thinking of how I was going to do this because you have to work with lye, which is dangerous. And I was scared. And I just did like a whole bunch of research as usual. And I kind of like just kind of disappear from everyone and do this on the side as like for fun. And then, you know, dream it up for it yeah. to be a little bit more than a hobby. Go, you know? You're ready to bring it to market at that point. And yeah. I, know, I, I think if you told me uh, correctly, you partnered up with a uh, local brewery to be able to sell, uh, sell the soap through them, right? Yeah, exactly. So we did that. And um, right now we're not selling it, obviously, because like the whole world basically stopped and soap does take time to cure. So like you said, it is um, a craft. It's artisanal and um, it takes time for it to cure. How long, um, how long does it take for it to cure? Like how, how long is it from when you start soap till when it's done? So it takes about four weeks to cure. Like for you to make okay. it, it takes, it, you just do it in one day basically, mm -hmm. but it takes about four weeks to cure, which just means that it's like drying up all the water that is left over because you do use water. And as, much, and as much water as, le as it leaves the soap, the harder the bar and the more it'll last. So you want it to cure as, as long as possible. Like Castile soap, which is made of 100% olive oil, some people leave it to cure for six months. I can't wait that long. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that, that, that's a long time for turnaround in a company. For It is. It is. That's why, that's why it has to be more of a hobby as opposed to like, you know, a, a feeding 100% business. And you kind of have to do it slowly and just keep doing it. Um, and eventually, hopefully, it'll become something bigger than just a small dream or a hobby, you know? Yep. Absolutely. So now let's get to your, your latest project, which has been these Instagram videos that you're doing every day. And, you know, for anyone who is listening to this, who has seen this, has seen her videos, fantastic. If you haven't, I mean, Bella is doing stuff, you know, everything from crafts projects to cooking to exercise to basically anything and everything you could possibly do while being uh, quarantastic at home. So uh, how, how did this first come to you that you, you wanted to do this? Because you've been sharing all the videos of you guys skiing and hiking and everything. So was this just yet another natural progression for you? Um, definitely not a natural progression because frankly, I much rather be outdoors and skiing and all that. And I know how much I want to do it. So I kind of did it for like, you know, encouraging people to stay home and encouraging myself not to go nuts, basically. <laughs> <laughs> got it so it's worked out 
And the cool thing is you've it's also, like, oh, go ahead, go ahead, please. It's like, it's like, I wanted to talk to somebody. There was no one to talk to. So then I just started doing lives and hopefully there's someone out there looking and like saying something, but it's nice because once in a while, someone's like, oh my God, I was going completely nuts. Thank you for your video. And I'm like, you watched it really great. Well, that's the whole purpose, you know, to make people happy, to like try to share some happiness. And I mean, it sounds kind of like crazy and all, and I guess I should be proud of that because I just want to share as much as I can with everyone. You know, I know everyone's suffering. I know that I go crazy. I am not perfect. I do yell. I do get crazy. And my poor children, you know, but, um, if there's like at least five minutes of, of positiveness, I think it's enough to be thankful for. And that's what people should really like grasp onto. Absolutely. And now mentioning your kids. Now you have your kids in your videos. Uh, they, they've been your co-stars at least a couple of times now, right? Yeah. Usually like I rather have them as co-stars because I much rather, I know that people much rather see them than me. And I rather see them than me. I think they're a lot cuter than me. They're a lot funnier than me. And they're, you know, cutesy and all because they're kids. I'm sure you have your but, fans like, like seeing you. But you know, it's, it's tough because like, Today I did a video and this is like, I was proud of myself for actually posting it afterwards because I've had a video that I did with my daughter that she just started like fighting with me on camera. And I was like, you know, holding it in and trying not to yell in front of like the whole world for whoever <laughs> is seeing. Luckily, not a lot of people were there. So mm -hmm. I just erased it. And then today it wasn't as bad. And I had a whole conversation with her before, like, please do not act up in front of camera. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't do it. And today she did a little bit. And, um, and I was like, you know what? I think like, that's the reason why I do it too, to be spontaneous. Like I'm not perfect. I'm not, you know, like famous. I'm just an average person. And I do it like everything I don't have, like I wanted to do set times, but then it's not spontaneous and it's not me and it's not everyday life. So I think that's one of the reasons why I just pop in there and be like, okay, Hey, let's have a cup of coffee or, Hey, I just planted some plants or, Hey, I did this or, Hey, I did that kind of to be like a new normal. Mm -hmm. And also to show that it doesn't matter like that, you know, you're not like, I look at my videos and I'm like, Oh my God, I, I, I look pissed off. You know, <laughs> like I should smile more. I should be a little bit happier what? and it's easier when someone's there, but most of the time I'm by myself. So I've been asking my mother-in-law to try and join in. And, um, so yeah, I guess, um, it's, it's kind of crazy like that. You start so, like criticizing how is, yourself. How has the response been to the videos? So I think people are like shy as of right now but like i've had people say like they were they actually watched it because they saw my exercise video and it was supposed to be funny because like everyone you know everyone all of a sudden became like this super into exercise and like people who don't know anything about exercise are showing like how to do your quads and how to do your this and how to do your that so i just like put on some music and started jumping around and actually i haven't done anymore because i'm telling you it's definitely the bella method because i could not walk for like four days <laughs> i was in so much pain I, in my I'm body sure. like everything <laughs> I, I saw that video. I, I saw I saw at least uh, probably half to most of it because I I turned it on and uh, you know Chumbawamba's tub thumping was playing and you know I was immediately <laughs> transported back to 1998 and was very excited about that and uh, I was watching the exercise and all I could think was there's no way in hell that I could do this. I literally they, <laughs> they would find my tubby corpse a couple of days later. It no, I was 
I was like about to fall and like I don't know if you like watched a couple of times I was kind of like you know uh lightheaded and like almost falling and no um, I missed that, I missed you being lightheaded <laughs> you hid that well your performance was fantastic okay good great yeah. I'm a born actress, I guess. Yes. No, you, you own it. You absolutely own it. Now, here's the big question, though. Once life returns to normal, and it will, once it does, will you keep these videos going? Absolutely. And you know what? Like, I just want to encourage people to, like, do everything that they want now. And I've been, every single person that I've met, um, I always say, they're like, oh, you know, I wish I lived in Paris go for it. Do it. You know, oh, I live, I wish I lived in Hawaii. Do it. You have one life. Like, what do you have to lose? You go, you fail, you come back. Who cares? No big deal. You know? And I think that like right now with everything that's going on, I think people are really going to listen now. And, um, I mean, my passion is going outside and doing things outside and sharing, um, nature with my, with my family and like, cause who really likes to exercise? Honestly, like, I don't know anyone who, who says, I love to exercise. I wake up in the morning wanting to exercise. No, I hate yeah. exercise. I love skiing because it's fun and yeah. it's exercise, you know? Yeah, um, exercise is generally fun when it's in the form of a game. Otherwise, it's, you know, when I'm leaving the gym, I'm like, that was great. I'm so glad that I did that. But, you know, <laughs> it's like, as, I can't believe I did that. That's as, how, as, as I'm that's dragging awesome. myself in there and then realizing that I have to walk upstairs to get to the machines and I'm just like depressed looking at like the three flights that you have to go up, which is really ironic because that's basically the entire purpose that you're there for. Like, exactly. it, it, it's hard to get excited about that but exactly. you know but when you're hiking that's what I love it when you're hiking or you're mountain biking or I mean I did backcountry skiing which is like we climbed up the mountain it took three hours to climb the mountain were you skinning skin. to climb up the mountain or okay so you just skinning. Okay. okay so for any it's skinning right yeah it's yeah skinning. so for anyone who doesn't know I learned about skinning this past uh I think it was last year when I was in Jackson Hall we, my wife and I met a waitress and so basically what what Bella's describing is probably the most intense form of exercise you will ever deal oh, with oh yeah where literally you are hiking up the mountain on a split it's like a split skis to get up there you're checking to make sure there's not gonna be any avalanches while you're going up to yep. some area where you know no human being in their right mind would ever go to and then you see down it you know and you know somehow you burn hoping like, that you know, there's no avalanche and ready to like you know go with your partner like see your partner fall and you know be ready to go for it and try to rescue him which yeah. the chances are very slim I mean, it's it, it's absolute madness to me. This is, you know, look, I'm Jewish. We don't take risks. It's just not our <laughs> thing. Um, so, <laughs> you know, more power to you for it. But I remember we were talking to this waitress, and you know, she was describing what she'd eaten to us that day, and you know, it, it sounded like about half a cow. But she explained. She goes, "Look, I do the skinning thing, and over the course of a day, you know, I I've checked like you know I've checked it, and I burn about five thousand calories doing that." which I, I mean, that's mind boggling numbers to me, but it's amazing. So if you can yeah. get yourself into great shape, then go do this, you will be in better shape than anybody you've ever met in your life. It's really incredible. Yeah, it, it's, it's true, it's true. But I'm telling you like, it's not easy. And the whole entire way up, it's painful. It doesn't uh, get any easier. Like I've done it at least 15 times this year. 
we did it we would do it every tuesday and wednesday i haven't done it because obviously i'm quarantined yeah but um but i've done i did it 15 times at least this year and every single time it's painful but you know what comforts you number one like obviously like i stop you know i stop i breathe i look side to side i don't stop for very long yeah but you know it, it's like one step at a time it's really one of those things that it's one step at a time and the feeling of getting up there is just so indescribable and every time i get up the mountain see the view first of all the view is is out of this world second of all i'm like i did this really i did this i can't believe i did this i did this i did this oh my gosh i did this and i just keep telling myself and i go back to the pictures and i i still can't believe it i did it because i'm not one of those people that are super in shape so but, but that's incredible because it, you know it's really almost a metaphor for you know you and everything you do with your careers which these you know these long journeys to get to you know a sense of major accomplishment, you know, in opening all of these businesses and everything. So uh, it doesn't shock me that you do this. I mean, it's, you know. <laughs> well, thank you, Rami. Thank you. That's, very, that's how I appreciate it. <laughs> you're very, very welcome. All right. Well, look, Bella, I think that's all the time that we have for today. So I have to say a huge, huge thank you for uh, joining me here today. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. And uh, why don't you tell people, you know, uh, your Instagram handle so that way they can take a look at your videos, see what you have going on, because obviously there's a lot of fabulousness. People can order soap from you. Uh, people can look into, uh, you know, obviously when things return to normal, uh, Pink Blue uh, uh, tra is Pink Blue Travels, right? Your, uh, your Pink Blue, it's Pink Blue Nature Travels. I have it both in, both in Facebook and Instagram. I haven't really posted a lot of stuff in Instagram. I did a lot of stuff on my personal, which is Bella underscore Fanuki and that's F-A-N-U-C-C-H-I and um, and then I have like another one that is just of cakes which is at Sweet Valentina Cupcake and I have the soap one as well which is at The Art of Sabonage which I call it the mountain soap because the mountains will forever be my inspiration. What, what does Sabonage mean? What, what, what is what is Sabonage is the making of soap. Savanage of the making of so. Okay, now I've learned something new. All right, so <laughs> Bella, again, thank you so much uh, for joining me so here today. It was, it was an absolute pleasure. Um, if you have a new hobby or something that you're sharing with the world right now during these crazy times, please email me here at info at the top ranked podcast.com. Again, that's info at the top ranked podcast.com. Thanks very much for joining everybody and have a lovely evening and stay safe and healthy out there. <laughs>